Well, hey everyone, welcome to Tales of Recovery. And the grief of the leaves is what I've been pondering on the, this week. The loss of things that you thought were real. The grief that comes with realizing that you're wrong about certain things that, that you thought were real and they're not, but also like you can't get rid of them, right? Like you just can't get rid of them. What do I mean by that is knowing, you know, you go to therapy, you, you meditate, you talk to all these amazing healers and people and they tell you things are going to be great and you find yourself right back in that ache again. And like that sadness and that awareness of knowing that there's got to be more or there's something more and uh, it's like that void inside of you that just... Is it, it's, it feels like this dissatisfaction, right? Like this sadness. And so I went for a run today. Mm -hmm. Yes, man, I'm running again. I mean, don't get too excited. It wasn't, it wasn't that far of a run. But in the moving of my body, coming back and then practicing the yoga and then sitting and meditating, something shifted inside of me. But the biggest thing was what I heard while I was running. And I was reminded by one of my favorite authors, Glennon Doyle, in her book Untamed about uh, trying to be fine, trying to be happy all the time. And it just, it just, you know, it just doesn't always have to happen. And I think that's one of the beliefs that, um, that I've been grieving, like, it's this grief of thinking that things have to be, have to be, have to be fine because you have so much and you have a house and family and love and, and you get to work and you do what you want to do in life and why shouldn't you be happy? And sometimes you just fucking aren't happy. And it's not the outside circumstances, but it's this belief that you have and that we grieve, you know? And so I was thinking about what are some of the beliefs that we begin to have as, as we, as we begin life. Right. And of course the most recent one is the Santa Claus thing. You believe that Santa Claus climbs down the chimney and gives you these gifts. And you believe if you're Mexican like me, that the wise men come on January 6th and they uh, give you more gifts <laughs> or it depends. I think in Mexico, the, the three wise men are more of the gift givers than the big white Santa dude. But I do remember being really young at my grandparents' house and what we would do when I was growing up in Mexico City is you have to leave out your shoe. So you would leave out your shoe and then the day of the three wise men, something would come in your shoe, like either some money to go to the market and buy candy or a gift would be next to your shoe. So you just kind of have to set up your shoe. <laughs> I guess this is kind of like the stocking thing, but for some reason, that's what we did. And then the three wise men came. And I remember one Christmas, we would fly to Mexicali, where my grandparents lived. And we would spend like a week there, maybe longer. I don't remember. We would eat the big, fancy turkey dinner on the 24th. And then the next morning, there were all these gifts everywhere. Because Santa would come and... It was my brother, my sister, and I. My cousins would spend the night there, too. So it was like a huge fest of running into the living room and, oh, my God, what did you get? And 
the doll or whatever, the little car, whatever. And then, you know, we were playing with the toys. And I remember one time it was, we must have stayed there for longer because it was going to be the day of the three wise men, January 6th. And so I remember thinking, I am going to take everybody's shoe and put them all over the living room. So it was late at night. I took not just like my brother and sister's shoes, but like my uncle's shoes, my grandmother's shoes, my mom's, everybody. I took all everybody's shoes <laughs> and put them all around the chimney area, like the dining room or living room. My grandparents had like a huge um living room that then went into the dining room back then. And so I put everybody's shoes everywhere and I thought, oh my gosh, everybody's going to be so excited tomorrow because there's going to be all this stuff in their shoes. And I remember praying over each shoe and like bring them whatever they need. I'm sure they need money. I'm sure they need candy. I'm sure they need this, that, whatever. And it was so funny because the next morning I got up and I went running over and like there was nothing there. And everyone's like, what the fuck are all these shoes over here? And I was so embarrassed. I didn't even say anything. I was like, oh, hell, the three wise men didn't come here. I guess it's just a Santa house here and not the three wise men house. Um, and so whatever. I just, I remember being highly disappointed. Like, wow, like, I prayed a red shoe. Like, it's the three wise men. And I don't think, of course, I probably didn't communicate this to my parents because they maybe would have done something about it. But um, there was grief. Right? I was like really, really bummed. And it wasn't, I mean, I was probably, I don't know how I was really young, but I don't think I was sad about that it wasn't real. I was sad about that they just skipped over the house. <laughs> they just couldn't come. And so there's, you know, there's like this belief that started, that, that was in my body, in my mind, in my system. And there's so many beliefs like that. Like, you know, the religion belief, like you think that in this patriarchal outside God that, Whatever you do, you may or may not get the blessing and you have to behave or else, you know, they're always looking at you and there's like this, this sin that if you're born with it and you don't get baptized, oh, you're going to go to hell. And there's all these cultural ideas, beliefs that, that are hand, you know, spoon fed to us too. Uh, gender roles is one of the biggest ones. Like you are a girl, so you have to wear princess dresses and, and like certain things. And if, if you're not, then you're a tomboy and then boys can't do certain things like the whole belief of how things need to be. And mind you that that might be changing now, like new generations are changing now, but, but also like they're not because a lot of new generations have old generation parents and old generation grandparents that keep passing this stuff down in a way, um, and with a lot of heaviness, right? So it's still, it's still happening. I just went, uh, my brother has three little ones, three little kids, all under five. And my dad wanted to get him a little gift for Christmas. I said, okay, well, let's just run to the toy store and, or get him some books, whatever. Well, I need a doll for the girl. And I'm thinking, well, you know, you have a lot of teenager grandkids that might be questioning, like, why do you have to give her a doll? What about the boys? Maybe they want a doll. Or what about the girl? Maybe she wants a little cart, a little truck. He laughs like this is so hilarious. But that's one of the other beliefs. That girls have to wear pink and like dolls and the boys have to. And he's 86, 85. And he thought it was hilarious. And I just stood there looking at him like, okay, this is another one of the beliefs. 
And it might not be such a big deal getting a little toy, but it turns into a big deal when you have different career choices as a different gender person, or if you want to go out at night or come home late or do specific things or sing certain songs and you can't in the culture belief is like, if you're a boy, it's okay to do that. If you're a girl, it's not okay. This is how this works. These beliefs that are in the head, in the brain programmed to us. Um, and then there's the extreme belief of growing up. And this is more of like the psychological stuff is like believing that this is how you get love. Mm. by taking care of the parents who are drunk and falling off their ass on the floor and they just don't know how to do stuff. Or that you believe that you have to be the clown of the family to keep everybody happy um, because then nobody will fight. And so you, you create these beliefs of this is how, this is how you love and this is how you receive love. And when you're not doing these things, then you're not cultivating love and you're not, or you're not being loved. Um, and that's just one of them. I mean, there's, there's certainly the pain. Like if I'm not in pain, well, then I'm not, then I'm not being loved because your parents were always in pain or your grandfather was always a victim. And, and so there's these beliefs that happen when you're young. The other one, the, a huge one is performance, right? If I perform really, really good, then I, uh, then I'm loved and I'm accepted. So I always have to perform. I always have to do super amazing things in order to be loved or, you know, or, um, yeah, just the performance when you see, which I already said the other one, like taking care of adults and taking care of adults trans, um, transmits into taking care of everybody, right? As I'm taking care of everybody, then I'm love and then I'm, then I'm worthy and then I can do, uh, and then you end up taking care of everybody and you're exhausted and really, really angry and really pissed off. And so all of these beliefs fail, you know. Um, they, 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 they don't really, they don't really hold up to what you, what we've, what we think we are. Like there is no Santa Claus. It's, that's a lie. Your parents bring the toys. If they even have money to bring the toys. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that don't get toys at Christmas and, or they go into debt and then they think they're horrible. Kind of like the three, you know, the, the, the wise men story. You're like, Oh man, fucking time. Like, what's going on? Nothing's going on. It's just a belief. And then it's failing. So as, as you, as you grow, like, you know, you grow up, you're like, okay, whatever. You might be disappointed when you're eight, nine years old and figure out that Santa was your parents, but then, then you pretend to keep believing. So the gifts kept coming and you might have younger siblings and you're like, oh, I'm not going to say anything because then that way they'll, I'll keep getting gifts. So let's just pretend that, uh, <laughs> that we believe because there's a reward, right? There's an exchange. I'll pretend that I believe and I'll keep getting this, these gifts, just like I'll pretend, even though I know that codependence is bad, and that it doesn't serve me to play victim. I'm just going to pretend in the subconscious that it's okay because the reward is I have this belief that that's how I receive love. And when you start to really challenge these beliefs, you begin to investigate, like, you know, uh, for me, you know, when you, I began to read and read and read about world religions and mythologies and different cultures and, um, ancient civilizations. And so you realize, oh yeah, this Christianity thing is 
it's like it's a recycled pagan story from years and years and years and years way before. It's not real. It's not real. But there's a grief process because for so many years you thought it was real. For so many years you've been spoon-fed these beliefs that it's hard to just let go. And part of the grief isn't just crying about it. Part of the grief is like, what the fuck? I've been so stupid and I've thought that this was real. And this has controlled my life, my marriage, my choosing different things for my kids, where I did to them, what I put them in school, what I taught them, what I, you know, the shaming, not just of me, but of so many people. And so then there's like this anger realization comes up. And, and then it's like, wow, uh, this is just, I can't believe I, I believed this for so long. And never mind me, like how it's shaped the world in different cultures. So you start to investigate, you start to continue to go into all of these different um, books or, or videos or, or talking to people from different cultures. And you're like, okay, okay, I'm not the only one that had beliefs that failed. Apparently everybody does because life here is just so freaking intense that sometimes you just have to hold on to something to freaking be able to breathe. And number two, when you begin to realize that that's not necessary, that you're going to breathe regardless, whether you believe in Santa or some make up, you know, faked uh, God, that life still goes on. There's this process. And so it's okay to be gentle with the grief of these beliefs and to realize, oh my God, no mama, this whole time, I was thinking this and, and, and it's like an, uh, an allowing of this pain to sit inside your body and then letting it go. Um, and then noticing, you know, like, for example, as an adult, you know, that Santa can transfer to, well, now I have to spend a thousand dollars on gifts for everybody because otherwise I don't feel like I've checked the box for this holiday, uh, which is ridiculous. I mean, gifts are beautiful, but why do we believe that this is a status quo, that this is something that has to happen in order for me to be able to check the box and, um, and feel like I, like I participated in this belief thing. And so there's another part of the grief too, is like, well, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, like, we didn't even set up a Christmas tree this year. Just, um, and it's not because it's it's a Christian thing. I mean, the tree was way before the Christian thing. I just, I don't know. Um, my son was like, let's just set up like gifts like around a circle and do different ceremonies. I guess he sees me doing so many different ceremonies and just being out in nature. And, and to me, a ceremony means I celebrate being alive. That's all it is. Being out in the garden, lighting a fire, thanking life for being alive. Boom, ceremony. That's it. Lighting a candle, holding my heart in my hands, realizing that life is sacred. Boom, that's it. Ceremony. I think fantasy, you know, beliefs attached to it besides gratitude and an awareness that we're alive. But I'm alive. And then, you know, the, the other thing about grieving is um, these ideas that we always are going to be happier, that we have to be happy. You know, uh, or that we have to be happy for others or have a certain type of lifestyle 
to satisfy the needs of others. So the other belief that we can grieve about and be okay of letting go is the belief of what you think others think about you. This is the worst one, to be honest, because number one, who cares what others think about you? Who cares what others think about you? Number one. Number two, that is a prison to your freedom, having to live a life worried about what others are going to think about you. And number three, it's probably not true. And if it is, it's none of your fucking business what they think about you. Uh, and the one of the really, really easy ways to get trapped into um, a prison of beliefs is what you probably learned this when you were young. Like, you know, if, if I perform a certain way, then I'll be loved. If I check these two, three boxes about the cultural things, then I'll be okay. If I go to this religious service and believe and along with everybody else that's believing, then I'll be loved. Uh, no, those are all lies. And when you realize that and can let them go, there's also the process. I thought I really was, I really cared about what the neighbors or my friends or family thought about me. I think I care what they think about me, but why is what they think about me more important than what I think about me? And the grief comes with that as well. Like letting go of that idea that you've been chewing on for so long. And I talk about this because in the classes I teach and the clients that I work with, a lot of what I, what we, what comes up is worry and concern about what others thought. And what others disagree with about your lifestyle or not, or don't agree about your choices. And it's whose life is it anyway? I'm not saying you go out and you fight and kick people. What I'm saying is you can let go and cry and just grieve this belief that you won't be loved unless others approve of you. It's not real. When you approve of you and you show up someplace approving of yourself, and sometimes you're showing up still grieving and still like tittle, you know, like, whoa, whoa, what are they going to sing? Like, what are they going to think? Is this going to be okay? Is this family gathering going to be weird? Am I, it's going to be awkward. And a lot of times it's awkward because you don't have a good relationship with your family. You don't have a good relationship with the people that you're going to gather at the office or at this place or wherever. And, and then you have to face it face to face. Here you are with all the family and you don't like half of them. Um, Maybe it's not that you don't like them. Maybe you just you think that they don't approve of you because you don't approve of yourself. And this comes up often with um, the difficulty of self-love and self-acceptance. So, you know, you can grieve that as well, right? And grief is a process of loss. Of, so when you lose something, you know, you cry, you feel sad, you feel angry, you can feel like you're falling apart for a bit and it's really, really sad. And that's okay. Like this is, you can have permission to feel sad and to feel um, disappointed or to feel like you, you know, I don't know, maybe you guys, maybe something really happened. Two of my friends called me after Christmas and said that they really fucked up, that it was horrible, that they made a mess, that they, I mean, one of them got really drunk and the other one just had like, I don't know, just some drama that went through. And they, they, they're, they're texting me feeling horrible about it. And I was like, you know, grieve the motherfucking incident. And then notice that it's a belief. Because the belief that 
it had to be perfect and that nobody could fuck up and that you couldn't feel sadness or fuck up and get too drunk. It's just, that's a belief. And it doesn't really work. It's not true. And it's only dragging on your sorrow for the next month or so. And yes, you do, I think, sometimes have to alchemize these through your body, you know, and then realize, like, these, these grieving, these, like, holding on to these beliefs, like, you really fucked up because they were depending on you. You didn't perform. Remember what we talked about in the beginning? You didn't perform like you had to in order to be loved. Then... Maybe it helps to notice that, oh, 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 yes, that's a protection that I used from when I was little. Oh, and this is what I believe that love was. And so I'm going to let go of that belief and I'm going to grieve it. Grieve and just realize like, oh, man, kind of has been holding me prisoner for so fucking long. And here I asked, you know, here I was feeding it, feeding it, feeding it. And maybe this belief or this protection is that, you know, it's not enough or I'm not worthy of this love. So I keep myself in this bubble of, oh, I fucked up, I'm horrible, I'm distant, because that keeps you safe, right? And whether you have a sober life or not, um, feeling is really intense. And feeling is um, unavoidable. I mean, you can, you can decide, well, I'm not going to feel certain things or I'm going to be addicted to this belief of that I'm horrible or that I'm always sad or that I'm a bad person because I, you know, I didn't go to the church and do the rosary or whatever. And, and so as you allow your mind to notice, oh, these are just beliefs. These aren't really true. Fuck, man, but I've been giving them so much power for so long. Yeah, write it all down, go out to the backyard, light that piece of paper up, and send it to the heavens or to the ether or to whatever. Boom, ceremony. <laughs> release, release that motherfucker, cry about it if you want, call a friend, touch the earth, kiss a flower. And then it is what it is. And we can have permission to not be quote unquote fine or always happy because that's another belief that we've been fed. Like if you are not always happy and a hundred percent satisfied, then you're not, you're not doing this right. You're not checking the box. And that's also a big fat lie because life doesn't have to be an A plus life can be a C plus or a B or a D sometimes even an F, whatever you just, you know, who the fuck decides who to what the grade is, um, you know, and, and then, uh, it's uh, the book Untamed, which I think was one of the best reads of this year. If you haven't read that, you really, I think you need to go read it. Um, Glennon talks about, and she said it before, not just in this book, about ever since she has been sober, she's never been, quote unquote, fine. Um, you know, she's always been like, she talks about how ever since she's sober, it's like she's exhausted or terrified angry or overwhelmed, depressed, amazed, delighted, full of joy, um, but never fine. I mean, what the hell is fine anyway? That's another belief. And, you know, that joke comes up all the time. We're like, how are you? I'm fine. Okay, sounds happy. Fine is not 
an emotion. Fine is a lie. It's a, it's a trap. And it's a belief. It's a belief that uh, we've been told that we need it to be fine, right? In order to not be a bother or a burden to anyone. But when you hold on to that, it's just, it's, um, it's intense because it doesn't allow you to sometimes just feel sad. We're not always going to be all excited and happy. And I tell you what, even if you have everything that you've ever dreamed of, there's still going to be moments when being a human is difficult. And yes, you can biohack and meditate five hours and you know, take cold showers and run. And of course, all of that helps. We must move the bodies. We must work with this beautiful machine that we have. Um, but also, we can, we can allow that these beliefs that we have of perfection are not true. Grieve that. Just cry it, man. Be angry that you believed it for so long. Practice the grief of knowing that, that you're losing something. And on the other side, there might be something better. Just, you know, just like I do with the ceremonies, nothing. That's it. Just, oh, we're alive. I'm here. right here right now just uh, breathing and exhaling. And yes, you know, the main thing is, to stay brave, to know that when I place my hand on my heart, my, my corazón, the courage, the courage is what gives me the energy to keep going and to know that this will pass. And, you know, in recovery a long time ago, and the meetings they would always say, like, this too shall pass. I'm sure that comes from someplace else. But yes, it will pass. It will pass. There will be something better. But meanwhile, I can hold myself and cry and grieve that I believed this bullshit for so long that it wasn't even fucking true. And the other thing is to give ourselves permission to that this grief of relieving and of ourselves of these belief systems takes time because you believe them for so, so, so long that even though you know, oh, okay, this religion thing isn't true, it's still going to take a while to deconstruct all of the stuff that you believe. It takes time to deconstruct the fact that you worried so much about showing up to your grandmother's house for dinner. And then when you showed up, it was actually not so bad. And there you were, you know, worrying for so long. But that's okay. You know, that's okay. That's okay. Um, it's okay. I'm okay. That's the mantra. <laughs> so I hope that this um, helps. I know that I have been struggling a bit and listening to Glennon today, I reminded, oh yes, I, I, I'm a feeling, I'm a sentient being and it's totally cool to not feel perfect all the time. I let go of that belief. I mean, of that pressure, that idea. Come on now. The hell? What the hell is that even about? It's way too much pressure to think that we're going to be fine. It's okay to process and feel. And, and then, of course, to be courageous and move. So, yes, the moving helped today. And we'll continue to keep on moving one step in front of the other. 
continuing to recover, get our lives back, tales of recovery. Um, this is coming in on entering the next year. So thank you guys, everybody that listens to this. I have some really fun guests coming up here soon for you guys. If, uh, if you like this podcast, if it's helpful for you, please like and share. And if you want to write a review, that'd be awesome. Some of you guys that have written reviews, thank you so much. They're, they're, um, they're very helpful. And it's kind of cool to see that my work is, you know, um, doing, helping somebody else's recovery besides just me. Because <laughs> this is my meeting right here. So there'll be amazing things coming up for me this next year. They've already started, but a cool, more mindfulness, more workshops, more retreats, more more healing and more love and just more living alive. And more podcasts in Espanol también, with really cool guests in Espanol también. So thanks everyone for listening. I am here grieving with you any of those beliefs that we thought were real, that maybe not. And it's good to question them, you know. It's okay to question. Um, may you feel safe in the grief. May you know that you can always reach out and ask for help. And may we all know that if it's hard, this too shall pass. And that if there is no sorrow, there is no joy. May we feel all of it. Ashe. Ashe. See you guys next time. Okay.